1: to That's a Hard No, the podcast about learning to say no and set boundaries to live our best lives. I'm your host, Heather Drago. You may think because of this podcast that I'm a boundary setting expert, but I'm not. I'm an expert at struggling to set boundaries. But you know what? I'm working on it and it is getting easier. Follow along with me as I learn from fellow strugglers and experts so that you too can start saying no without feeling fear, guilt, or FOMO. owner, I'm always trying to ensure that I'm communicating with my team of creatives and technical people in a way that inspires them to take ownership of projects, to offer their best work, their best insights, um, and to work together as a team. Um, I also think about it in terms of parenting, and even though my children are adults now, you know, how can I be a good leader for them as they start to navigate adulthood? So. The other thing is, you know, how does this all fit in with boundaries and, um, and you know, what are the kinds of boundaries I should be setting up to be a good leader? So my guest today is the perfect person to talk with about all this, and I'm excited to jump in. Andrea Peck is a certified executive coach, MBTI and emotional intelligence facilitator, trainer and speaker who supports groups and individuals in becoming conscious, confident, inspiring leaders. So you can see why I'm excited to talk to her. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy you could join us. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm very excited to
0: be here today.
1: Good. So I've been perusing your website and reading some of your blog posts, and you have a great one about boundaries. Um Let's start with with boundaries, and then we'll see where we go from there. And so what kinds of boundaries do successful leaders set or respect?
0: Well, that's a good question. There's a, a couple different areas for boundaries. So it could be that a physical boundaries, the actual space that, um, that you keep between yourself and others. Mm-hmm. It could be emotional and mental Boundaries meaning not taking on too much responsibility for other people and not necessarily having them be responsible for you either. Noticing, for example, and this is really important with leaders, are you the type of leader that inspires people or that it's it, it's, it feels draining? So all of those are important, but again, it depends on the relationship. It depends on the situation, but I, I think all of those are really important.
1: And how do successful leaders communicate boundaries in a professional manner?
0: Well, one of the ways is that through obviously the language that we that they use, and so for example, when you talk about the actual communication techniques, there's three three key words, uh, and they are to be concise, to be consistent, and to be clear. Those are three things to keep in mind when you're communicating to others. So so what do I mean by that? So for example, let's talk about being consistent. People will listen to your, will notice your actions above your words. So if you say, oh, you can, you know, you're a leader and you want people to feel that they can approach you at any time, and my office is always opened, it's fine for you to to come by you don't need to make an appointment if they say it like that and then anytime anybody does try to reach them it's never a good time or you're never available then it's sending an inconsistent message so people won't trust you so it's really important so so the key thing is don't set a boundary you can't keep or let people know if you are the type of person who likes to have a you know who has a schedule i'd be happy to meet with you but just we need to arrange it in advance. That's really helpful. So it's not it's not what your situation is, but it's how you communicate it, okay? The other thing is in terms of being clear. So, so there's a lot of ways people aren't clear and whether it's using vague language. So, for example, to say, you know, something's very important, that can mean different things to somebody. But to say, well, it's important, and so therefore I need it by noon, that's really clear about about what you're, you know, what you, what, you, what you need. The other thing is, so I talked about being clear. I talked about being consistent. Um, I, I want to add something to about being clear uh, as well. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this uh, approach that's called iMessages. No.
1: Oh, well, yes. Actually, I take that back. I have uh, my previous co-host, Sarah Saunders, talked about using eye, eye messages. So sorry, Sarah, if you're listening, I do remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, see, you're, that just shows you're not focused on the eye, which is, you know, you care about others. So that's yeah. a good thing. But so so the point of it is, this is part of being clear too, is you want people to be able to listen to you. So all these being clear, consistent, and concise helps people listen to you. But being clear also is... Uh, and that's what, what has to do with iMessages, is that when you communicate, now I always say, if you have a complaint, make sure you can include a solution with it. So iMessages, instead of saying something like, well, you did this, or you're responsible for this, which they might be, it's harder for people to listen to versus, I'm not really, I'm not really satisfied with something, or I'm really not understanding what's going on. And this is what I need. So that's part of clarity is to really establish that it is about you and about about your needs in some way. Mm-hmm. Okay, iMessages. So the thing is, even if you don't get it perfectly in terms of the iMessage, even if you say you're you're unreliable, okay, which is not a best the great way to communicate something. But even if you did do that, you still if you could include what you need, like you're unreliable. We need you to. Be at the meeting five minutes early or at least let us know when you're going to be late. That's really helpful. Then somebody knows what to do. Otherwise, what they're getting with the complaint is they're just going to notice that you're complaining. Okay. But they don't know what to do about it.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like you're saying, so you can set a boundary when you're you're talking, but along with that, there needs to be a setting of expectation. Like, what is the expectation? I You know.
0: Well, it could be an expectation. I I don't know that I'd say it in that, I'd necessarily use that word expectation just because I have a different connotation of it, but mm. it is, here's what it is about being clear. If you tell somebody you're late or I'm not satisfied or this isn't working, then you need to be clear about what it is you need. Okay, what is it? What is the outcome? So that helps, you know, if you're setting a boundary, if you want to set a boundary, you have to let people know what it is that you want or what it is that you need. because otherwise, you know they may be kind of guessing. and so therefore it may seem like they're either over or underdoing or not responding. Now once you've expressed yourself clearly and they don't respond, then you can then you know you, you can get a little more direct in your approach. With that so that's what it is is that a lot of times there's a whole thing you know if you look at one of the reasons why people don't whether it's with others or for themselves one of the reasons why boundaries don't get respected is things like expectations and assumptions so we expect people to know things the you know uh, or we expect people to do things so for example you know, I'm the leader, you know, or I'm the manager, or I'm in charge of things, a lot of times people have expectations of, well, they're in charge, they should know what to do, I don't need to tell them or share this, and that, and actually what you share, or maybe your experience of something that isn't working might be really helpful for that person, okay? The same is true with assumptions. You make assumptions based on past experiences, or on someone's appearance, or Uh, So therefore, again, we don't speak up. So a lot of it is speaking up Mm -hmm. and it might seem like, well, it should be obvious, but I would be very clearly obvious about it. So that's so that's what it is in terms of as a leader, don't assume and don't expect say what it is.
1: I love that. And it it also translates to parenthood, being in a relationship, you know, making it clear what you need, not assuming that somebody already knows. And I think it goes both way in terms of business and with leadership, like, you know, the leader can't just assume people below them understand how things are done. Um, And that's something (laughs) I'm trying to scale my business right now. I shouldn't say try. I'm scaling my business now (laughs) and I have new people and I'm training and, um, the joke is like they're just trying to pull information out of my brain because, you know, I can't just assume they know, you know, certain things that I know or certain ways I want things done. So
0: we bring up a couple good points. So one of them is that in a lot of ways with communication, what we do in our personal lives, obviously have different goals, different intentions, and we may also use, you know, be more familiar about some things, but there's not a lot of difference in the communication in our personal lives that in, in, uh, w- versus the communication in our professional lives. There really isn't. And then the, and the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is a really, really important point, is that, and it's kind of like, how do you define leadership? And so, you know, there's different types of leaders. So if there's somebody who does it all, nobody can do it all, but if they're an authoritarian leader, for example, then maybe they're not going to want input from others but but the truth is you know it's changed over the years and mm-hmm. and they have found that very successful leaders are those who they know how to listen they know how to delegate there's collaboration so your your success is a result of the atmosphere the environment that you create that makes it conducive for people to share ideas and you don't have to be it all. You you don't want to. It's exhausting to be at all. <laughs> right. It's exhausting. And there may be, it kind of gets into the strengths. Uh, you know, some people, let's say you have someone who's real creative, you know, really thinks outside the box. Maybe they're not the most organized person. But, you, you, you know, and as a leader, you keep everybody together. You want that person to contribute that strength, that, that you know, different insight that they have. So it really works well to to create an environment where everybody's contributing like their best and it's, it's, but somebody's in charge still at the same time.
1: What are some other um, consistent qualities of good leaders? You touched on that a little bit. Tell us more about what makes a good leader.
0: Well, the other thing I didn't mention or I started to mention is, and, and there's a couple other things too, but is about, so I mentioned about, being consistent, I mentioned about being clear, and also being concise. So I was reading somewhere, I don't know how true this is, but so they say our attention span. Okay, our attention span. It's like, <clears throat> for adults, 8.5 seconds or something like that. And I think they've said the goldfish are nine seconds. The goldfish. So We might wanna hire some goldfish, by the way. Wow. Oh. <laughs> The thought? <laughs> I don't think they require as many benefits either.
1: <laughs> Although turnover, you know, it would yeah. be really frequent. Yeah. That's, that's not good. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. As a marketer, we build websites all the time and I'm always dealing with user experience. And, um, and one of the things I'm constantly telling my clients is, when someone hits your homepage, you have eight seconds to get their attention, and that's just mm-hmm. something known in the web development world. Like, there's data behind it, and once you get them, once you get their attention, if you design your site in a way that captures someone's curiosity or imagination mm-hmm. or whatever, um, then then they'll then they'll decide they'll make a decision to di- dive deeper and read and spend more time reading. But you have to make that initial connection.
0: For all of us, how do you want to communicate and distribute information so that people will pay attention? Right. So I think that's really important. And if everything's an emergency, for example, if everything's urgent, people are not going to listen <laughs> after mm-hmm. a while. or They're not going to pay attention. So the, the other thing I want to mention about being concise is this, and it's just an example, and it's the name of your podcast is called what?
1: That's a hard
0: no. So saying no, it can be difficult. And one of the things that makes it a little more, I, I guess, confusing for others when you say no or also gives them an opportunity to debate you on it is if you if you over-explain. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you need to so people get the context of something, but other times it's you got to find out, like, what is the most direct yet respectful way that I can say no without saying, oh, because if you say no to something, oh, I can't really do that because my schedule. And the, and then someone said, well, your schedule, you could vary that if you want. And you could, you know, people come up with all kinds of suggestions. Or so sh- that- oh,
1: I, I understand you're busy. How about if we schedule it later or, yeah, you, you don't want to give the opening if there really is no debate available to them. You don't want to give an opening. And the other thing I think when people um, – is it vacillate? I don't know if that's the right word. But when they go on and on and on about, you know, why I'm saying no, it's less about explaining and more about trying to cushion the blow because they're uncomfortable saying no.
0: Right. And so
1: we tell our listeners, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and just give the no
0: well, there's um, here's something I wanted to share with you. Ah, <clears throat> I didn't come up with this. I like this question, and is can you disappoint another to be true to yourself? And the other one is, can you trust them to bounce back? So a lot of times, you know, if we look at it, I can mention this in a moment, like what prevents people from <laughs> really establishing good boundaries? There, There's some good explanations for it. Yeah. So, yeah. and that, you know, that's, and part of, I think, setting good boundaries is having a better understanding of why you don't do it. Yeah. But, but, but I wanted to say another thing in terms of, as far as being a leader and how to be, how to set good boundaries and also maybe be, and to be respectful of other people's boundaries is that it comes back to something that is, well, it's really in the skills area of setting boundaries and that is well a couple things we talked about the communication skills a little bit there but it is about people's intention like what's what's their intention okay to um, how do they want things to be in the in the workplace what's the goal and I think you have to have an overall this is true of so many things you have to have like Mm -hmm. some kind of something you're aiming for okay something you're aspiring to be or aspiring to have it. it it can change along the way but if it's just kind of like oh, everything will work out and everybody will get along I mean it might but if you had the intention that I want I want to create a workplace where people feel comfortable to express themselves that's that's somewhat general but that that, that sets it in motion and then you figure out you'll break it down more specifically to what that means so having an intention is really important. And the other thing is, is that, are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. She, okay. I love her. She has a really good, she has a good podcast on, yes. on this too. She has a good, I don't know if it's a quote, but she's she said that what surprised her the most about boundaries was that the most boundary people are the people who are most compassionate. So we can talk about that a little bit more. There's a lot to
1: that. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a minute. But right now we're going to take a quick break. We're back with Andrea Peck. So let's keep talking about Brene. We love Brene. And tell us more about why people who set the most boundaries are the most compassionate. Why is that?
0: The reason why is because, are you sitting on the edge of your seat? Is because when you, are not doing things because you feel obligated or you feel fearful about not doing it or you feel guilty when you have taken care of yourself. Okay. Then you are then you can be totally present for others. So when you say I can help you or I'm in, you know, I'm doing something, it's because you truly are. So it's different and feeling like, well yeah, I'm in, but I got this to do and I'm, you know, I got to juggle all this stuff and it's and I'm not saying it's it's, you know, black and white, you know, are we going to get everything that we want taken care of before we can contribute? Maybe not. But if we're not feeling if we're feeling drained, if we're feeling like we've given too much, if we if we haven't taken the time we need to chill out, how can we be available to others? So, so it may feel a little startling. Does someone say no, or just you know not available? However, and 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 mean you ask people, like in the workplace, who they who they feel comfortable with, or what they've appreciated, let's say about a leader or their boss, someone who's direct. Maybe they didn't say always what you wanted, but you knew what they told you was the truth. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I can't do this. Whatever it is. So they trusted them. That's so it's a big thing. So it's really about we can't do it all. If we try to, we're going to be exhausted, resentful, uh, less efficient.
1: So yeah, absolutely. Why. That all makes sense to me. Um, so let's turn back to you, you. You we touched on a little bit about there are lots of different reasons why people are uncomfortable saying no, and and why they struggle. We've talked about that a bit, but I would love to get your insights.
0: Yeah, it's really, so so here's the irony of that, too, because I've done a lot of studies about how we use time, and they find that people actually are most efficient when they work. Like, okay, you can do four or five hours, and then you need to take a break. So, and I know with myself, and I have a flexible schedule, uh, so I might start out early in the morning. I'll get a lot of stuff done. Then it might work really well. I'll go for a walk. And then while I'm on my walk, I actually get, I'm not trying to think about things, but I get insights and ideas. So it's actually very beneficial to have, you know, the mix of things. You you can be more productive Mm -hmm. doing that, you know, get away, get a change, maybe interact with someone, maybe, you know, just change your, you know, mindset, music, conversation. It's It makes, it's a huge thing. So we're we're approaching it, and, and I know it's changing, but we've been approaching it wrong. Now, I want to say this, too, because, it's, again, nothing's 100%. There may be times, and especially when you're starting out, you know, it might be a new position, or you're starting on a new business or something, you know, a new idea, and you just, first of all, you might just feel very motivated to spend a lot of time and really focus on that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just... You know, you have to kind of learn to go with your own. You have to start recognizing your own rhythm of things.
1: I like that. Recognize your own rhythm. I try to lead my team with empathy. Mm. Um, And sometimes I have to, being the people pleaser that I am, I have to kind of pull back and not be too empathetic. Like, you know. You are working for me, and I need you to do these things. <laughs> and so, like there's there's such a thing as being too empathetic. But I do try to respect my team members as people. I think we are our first episode of this season, we talked about how some people have resorted to what they call quiet quitting, where they're uncomfortable saying no, but they're just like kind of shutting down and just putting in the bare minimum. And we talked about, you know, whether that was a healthy way to go about it or not. And I think part of it is because some people may feel that their workplaces, their bosses don't respect their boundaries. So how can leaders, good leaders, receive and validate boundaries?
0: I don't know if it's just they're setting the boundary and the and the leader's like, okay, you know, just accepting it. I, I believe it's a process of maybe understanding what's involved and what's, you know, why not disagreeing with somebody but I would want to find out w- why they feel that way what might make them it different for them how could it work better for them because if you're what's all going working, on in
1: their lives right, right. yeah because how can all, I yeah,
0: yeah because if you're all working together like if we're in this organization and they're a vital part you're a vital part then it's it's kind of looking at the different pieces of it and finding out what's going on and so maybe for someone like that it's there could you know flexible schedule on certain times or I don't know there's to me the um I understand and I don't know all about you know the quiet quitting it's a statement that people are making about that we have a limit about how much we're willing to do and so that's Everybody should have a limit. There's no question about it. The thing is is that it seems a little bit, I don't know if this is the right word because it seems a little bit passive or maybe even passive aggressive where it, let's talk about this because it isn't working. So maybe, maybe the demands are too much. Maybe it's unreasonable and other people haven't spoken up and it's about time that somebody did. So, uh, again, I think having a conversation, maybe the work hours, maybe they're outdated. Maybe there's so many other ways to be efficient and nobody brought it up. And so this is a perfect opportunity. So just to to stop working, I I think that's one way to deal with it. But it won't necessarily create, it, it doesn't give the other party an opportunity to look at what else could be done.
1: Agreed, 100%. I do think it's passive-aggressive, and I think someone can't change the situation unless it's communicated to them that there's a problem.
0: Right, right. Right? So, yeah. And if, if you were working somewhere and you were able to bring that up and the person in charge you know, said, I'm sorry, we this is what we do and, and we're not changing, then the person working would have to say, do I want to work in this environment? Right. You know, it'd be their choice to do that. And maybe there's something better. And people are doing that all the time.
1: So speaking of people who are not in the leadership position necessarily, they don't have the the job title that indicates that they're they're a leader. Presumably they're interested in working their way up and becoming a leader at some point, becoming a manager, getting promoted in some way, um, or you know, having their own company or something like that. You know how can younger people in the workforce um, build leadership skills or demonstrate leadership qualities, so that they can be recognized and are more likely to, or go up the up the ladder? I guess is the is the phrase.
0: So the thing is, is it, again, it kind of starts with setting an intention. You know, setting intention, a goal of what you want to do. So that's really important. And one of the things I say is, especially whether it's communication or whether it's leadership skills, notice the people you admire. Notice the people who do a good job. So whether it's actually the person with the title or it's just somebody you notice, wow, they handle situations well or they seem very confident, and observe them, talk to them, find out about what, you know, what was their path. To get somewhere and again just noticing what they do because i think we all can be role models for one another and we can learn from one another so that's that is part of it you know certainly if you're if somebody's interested in moving up i would talk to somebody who is in a position a higher position or who knows about how people move up and find out what are there certain steps are there certain skills that i need to learn Are there certain experiences that I should be getting, you know, as opposed to, and again, it's about communicating it versus just trying to, you know, maybe assume what it takes and and find out, is there there a possibility here? And in some cases, for example, somebody, they may say, well, there's only, you can only move up so far. And maybe that's enough for a while, and then you know you're going to move on, but it's it's important, and I think if you let others know that you're interested, they will kind of notice you too more and be on the lookout for that. The other thing is, is that, and this is true with anything. Which, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm an expert at this. This is always like a work in progress. But to to do anything, to to, to move up, to uh, change what's been going on, is is you have to be willing it, a willingness to change, an openness to things, to learning. So, as much as you might know about things, to, to recognize, wow, I'd, I'd like to learn as much as I can, and not necessarily worry about, uh, well, what's it going to get me? What's, what's my outcome? It's just to, to really, you know, honestly have a, well, as I said, a willingness, but also have a passion for that, for the learning and practicing. Like You get better at things because we practice. So getting the experience is all part of it. What do they say? It's I think it's Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. So he said yeah. 10,000 hours. But what they, you know, I've read some people who have not necessarily disagreed, but have a little dispute with the way that that was stated and what they added to it, which I think is a good point. It's, it's, it's hours of trial and error practice. So learning from mistakes. All right. Um, talking to, if, if you know, like I said before, talk to somebody who might be able to give you guidance about how to move up. But also, if, you're, if you make a mistake or if something isn't working, be willing to get feedback, you know, to learn from others, get their input, their opinion, someone who you trust. That, I think, is really, really helpful. So it gives you a guideline. So, again, you're not doing it alone. No one does it alone. Okay. They didn't get to the top just because you know they wanted to. There were other people who helped them. There were experiences that they had, there were interactions. It was a process. And so it also builds community. Like if somebody if you talk to someone and you want their input, how how much more flattering is that than when somebody asks you for advice, right? And guidance.
1: Oh, that is so true. That is so true. In my career, when I've asked people for advice or any in various realms that people are so kind of eager to share their knowledge because they they in some ways are flattered that oh you're recognizing that I have achieved a certain level of success in this area and and also I think people generally do like helping others who are kind of on the path they were on
0: yeah I think they definitely do and it, it gives someone an opportunity to talk about themselves. True. You know? <laughs> that's a good point. Everyone yeah. loves to talk about themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And they're good the good things they've done, you know. Yeah. Um, so
1: speaking of which, we gotta wrap this up, even though I feel uh, like we could have two more hours of this, but um where can our listeners find you and learn more about you?
0: So they can find out more about me. I have a website, AndreaPec.com. So that's an uh, that's a way that they can you know, find out, read about me. And I do need to update it a little bit. But anyway, to read about me. Oh, I know a great
1: web development company. You (laughs) do? Okay,
0: perfect. we will (laughs) talk. Anyway, sorry. um, Yeah, no, that's okay. That's helpful. (laughs) So they can contact me my email Peck andreappeck at andreapeck.com how much easier can you get than that so i love it or, or you can call me or text me uh and it, all that information is my website but what i get is um you know just if you have a question or if you anything related in your workplace or whatever just throw in an idea it doesn't have to be something that oh my gosh okay this is a project i have to get involved with but i'm happy to share Any ideas that I have, I'm happy to share if I can refer you to someone. I really love communication, so to be able to talk about it is just a joy. So that that would, anyone who's, you know, has anything on their mind about that, feel free to get in touch.
1: Fantastic, thank you so much, Andrew, you're so generous. Thank you so much for your time today. I feel like we could have many more conversations about work and careers and, leadership, I love the topic of leadership, so I really appreciate this conversation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm so glad we could we could spend some time together today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure to, to see you again and also to be able to have a nice, more involved talk about this. Thanks, so I appreciate it a lot.
1: Okay, so that's it for now. Thanks for listening. That's a Hard No is a production of Clever Girl Marketing, my little agency in Cleveland, in partnership with our friends at Evergreen Podcasts. Many thanks to our amazing team, including Maura Del Rosario, our production and marketing coordinator. Noah Fouts, our amazing producer, editor, and composer who wrote our theme music and performed it with his band, The Big Leagues. And our new video producer and editor, Kay Holmberg. You can find show notes and resources on our website and you can find other fun stuff on our socials. We're hard no podcast and we're now on YouTube. So check us out there. Make sure to like, and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms, but especially Apple, can you please do us a favor, give us a rating and review so more people can find us and learn how to say no. So until next time, thanks for listening and remember saying no, isn't just okay. Saying no is key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it with me. That's a
0: hard no! Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving,